You want more for yourself, more for your career, ready to level up and take that next step, but you just don't know what to do or don't know where to start. You are in the right place. Whether you're currently looking for jobs, whether you're just ready for maybe that next step, or whether you're totally content where you are, there are things you can be doing right now, today, this week, to set yourself up for that next step. In this episode, I'm going to take you through an applied guide of stories of how I actually went and did this over the last year and a half. So let's do it. Welcome to TSP. I'm your host, Matt Tomatz, and I'm going to teach you how to take control of the next step of your career through an applied guide of stories. I'm super excited. This is something that I'm very passionate about that I think a lot of people talk about, but don't really teach you how to do it. So I think that there's a big gap in the market, but I think that there is literally infinite value. So hopefully through these stories, it's going to be relatable. There's going to be light bulb moments and you're going to get a lot out of this and hopefully it'll inspire you to take action by the end of it. So have you ever thought or said, I don't know how to get my next job? Where do I even look? How do I network? Or I want more for my career, but just don't know where to start. If so, you are not alone. And if you said no, you are a liar and I'm calling you out. These are super frequent thoughts that people have because they just want more for themselves. They know that they're ready or that it's just something that they want to pursue. But we all say, do more for your career. We all say, quote unquote, network. But when's the last time someone taught you how to do that? Next, have you ever taken action to start taking control of your job search, the next step of your career? So if we're combining these thoughts and things that we've said out loud about wanting more, but being kind of confused or kind of lost, but haven't taken action to do so, I think that there's some dissonance, maybe some incongruencies, and this is here to fill in the gap to help you take control. So hit pause. I'm going to read two questions. Well, hit pause after I read the two questions, or just after I read the first one, reflect, because this is going to have the most value to you as my listener, yes, I'm talking about you, if you come to these realizations yourself. So I'm here to inspire thought, questions, and hopefully answers based on your own situation. And I want you to do this for you. So first, what are one or two things that you've done thus far that you found success in relative to pursuing this next step in your career? So hit pause, get out a piece of paper, Take some notes, things that you thought have worked well that you've seen some success or progress in. Next question. What do you struggle with the most slash anticipate struggling with? What are you most nervous about? So when it comes time to actually do something, right? We've convinced ourselves, we truly believe that we want more for the next step of our career, but what's been holding you back? So hit pause, take take a few more notes about just what, what makes you kind of nervous when you just think about it, right? What do you anticipate is going to be the hardest part about pursuing this next step? But first, who am I? So this PowerPoint slash presentation was uh, presented to the University of, Mis- University of Michigan Kinesiology Department. So here's just a little bit about me. And also just for my followers, hopefully I have some new ones and I'm excited that you're here. But so on the left is a picture of me with the National uh, Regional Championship Trophy. I played baseball at Truman State University in Missouri for four years. That was an awesome experience. 
very fundamental to where I am now. Fast forward two years, I got my master's at TCU working, and I worked with the beach volleyball team doing sports science form. I'm the host of the Talking Shop podcast, a, and currently I'm a sports performance specialist slash sports science coordinator at TC Boost Sports Performance. So those are probably the four, those are the four biggest things that have led me down this path relative to my career and me as a professional, just for some context about where I've been. But if I had to sum all of this up about what I am, it's that I'm an action taker. And that's not to give myself too much credit or more than I truly deserve. But looking back and thinking back about all of the places that I've been, the things that I'm currently doing, I take 1% of the credit. And I give the other 99% to everyone who's given me their time, their insights that has just challenged me to reflect. They've asked me inspiring questions. And I just have this ability whenever I decide or I realize that it, it is the right decision and it is going to provide a ton of value to me, I just go and do. So that's going to be a theme of this presentation is taking action. So all of my stories and all of these examples are just that I have the ability. I just, I just went and did. So first, let's jump back to this will be in chronological order, August 2019. The beginning of the second year of my master's, so two Augusts ago from, uh, we're currently in 2021, what a, what a time to be alive. So it's the beginning of the second year of my master's, August 2019, and I had already done one year of sports science at TCU. I really loved it. It had completely changed kind of what I wanted to do from more S&C to more sports science, and I knew that the end was near. I wasn't one of those people that, oh, I never want to graduate or, or just, I don't want to look for jobs yet, or I'm, I'm just going to enjoy this while it lasts. Like I knew the end was coming. So I wanted to be on top of my game. So when it came to jobs, I knew that I wanted to do sports science, college or pro sports, because I enjoyed working with a little bit older of an athlete. I wanted to work anywhere in the U.S., basically besides where I'm from and look at where I am now. That's a whole different story. And a combination of all of those things is because it required more of me technically or more as a technician. So there were all these boxes for my experiences in the private sector of sports performance, as well as my assistantship at TCU that has led me to like these boxes of what I wanted out of a job. So it's the beginning of the second year. I'm organized. I'm on top of my stuff. I have 20 websites that I would check on a weekly or biweekly basis just once a weekend, once every other weekend, spend like an hour going through the 20 sites, just scrolling through the job postings, applying, uh, copying and pasting those links on my Excel sheets. So I can just stay up to date whenever a job did or did not get back to me. I'd make a note of that as well. If I talk to someone specifically, I put their name down, et cetera, et cetera. So I was very organized and on top of my stuff right from the get go. Next, fast forward from the beginning of the second year to my last semester, it is March, 2020, specifically March 13th. And this job or this date will always have a place, not in my heart, but just in my journey, as well as probably many of you as well. That's when COVID hit. And the reason why this date was very important or actually just this week was I was on a plane and that's this picture up in the top right that I took when I was flying to 
the East Coast for our spring break trip for the TCU beach volleyball team who I, who I was doing sports science for. And I was just looking out the window and I thought, how cool is this? I'm literally being flown across the country to, to support these elite athletes play their sport, you know, support TCU and wear all of the purple horn frogs, go frogs gear just all that spirit traveling. I'm going to collect their data. I'm going to put it all together and present on it on Monday to the staff. Like, like literally how cool is that? So from that point in time, I knew that I wanted to do college sport science. So that moment will always, will always stick out to me. And I have three pictures of just pictures I took on my phone from all the places that I had gone with the beach team on the left is Georgia State. That was a, a pretty unique urban, you know, like three beach volleyball courts in the middle of like downtown. And then I have LSU, which that was just a crazy arena. They're way too good at beach volleyball. And then UCLA on the right on Manhattan Beach. It's just super cool. So it's, it's like I can travel all of these places, get paid for it and like help these athletes live out their dreams. And then unfortunately, in the top middle, here's a picture of my car all packed up. On it was like a week after COVID hit, moving back home, packed up all my apartment in like the course of two days. I was at like five in the morning to drive 17 hours home. Big sad. But so that was March 2020. So April, May, June, I wanted to go out and actually network. And my definition of network in this context, as well as just how I use it in general, is Networking is a mutual exchange of value in a professional context. So mutual exchange, it has to be valuable for both people. Now people can define value in different ways. Now for me, it was a connection. It was insight. It was their time, maybe another connection or maybe even a job. And for them, their value was an opportunity to give back, to just feel good about helping out someone younger, to pay it forward like all the people had done for them once early in their career. So that's just one example, but a mutual exchange of value in a professional context. And, and here's, here's a big thing about my 1% and why I just take action. If you believe that whoever you're reaching out to aligns with your why and what, so I wanted to do college sports science and I had my whys and align of older athletes and they were in the US travel technical skills. So if those two things align, the person plus the what and the why just hit send. It's not rocket science. And worst case scenarios, they don't respond, big whoop. But hopefully throughout this presentation, you'll realize how much I've gotten out of simply just hitting send and taking action and going and doing. So I had on my Excel sheet, all of the people that I had networked with connected, how long it had been since I communicated with them, uh, calculated down to the day, converted into months, because I'm a big Excel guy, sports science, big shock, as well as just some notes of our talks that we had. And that way, whenever we would, I would circle back up with them in a few months, I had something to talk about, something to ask about. I had some homework to do on my own to then report to them kind of how it went. So just being organized and going and actually networking, what that really looks like. And next, so if you saw on the previous slide, one of the tabs of my job search Excel sheet was called Power Five. 
So if I wanted to do college sports science, go and talk to the college sports scientists. And it sounds like rocket science, maybe because it is to some people. But I looked up the Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, ACC, Pac-12. I went to the staff directory for athletics. Everyone that had sports science in their titles, I tried to contact them however I could, whether their email was on the website or just their LinkedIn, their Twitter, whatever it may be. So I had this, this narrow focus of where to start and actually do my networking. And then I was on top of it because I had all the schools. I had when I contacted them, what we talked about, et cetera, et cetera. But I think a really interesting part of this, this uh, part of the tab of my Excel sheet is I had the five conferences, but then I also had places I was traveling to, so colleges that were hosting, as well as just the teams we were playing. And I think it's so important, just this example, to think outside the box on who can I or should I reach out to. So places I'm traveling to, the hosts, well, first, that's an op awesome opportunity because I just send them a message or a DM and say, hey, I'll be on your campus in three weeks. I'd love to just chat if you want to come out to the beach volleyball courts or maybe we can, we can get together after all the games are done just to chat, et cetera, et cetera. And also just the teams we're playing. In college, some strength coaches travel with the team. So say, hey, I know that both of our teams will be at this tournament in a month. If you're going to be there, please let me know. I'd love to get together and just chat. So thinking outside the box about who, who do I want to reach out to and connect with and just being organized, being on top of your stuff. So last slide on this actually going out and doing and networking is you can do all of these things yourself, or you can ask people who have been there, done that so relative to jobs. So I can go and try to pursue this college sports science job and try and fail and learn and do all of the, these things. Or I can ask people who have actually been there, done that, who are currently doing that and ask them how they got there, what they like about their job, what they don't like about their job, if they have any tips and tricks about getting into that space because they're successful at that. They have that job. That's why I'm reaching out to them. Like I said, rocket science, things that they've done successfully in their career, things that they wish they could have told themselves a few, a few years prior to starting their career, et cetera, et cetera. So networking is valuable because if you have your what and your why, you go to those people and then you ask them those questions. So you learned first, you learn secondhand, but it's a lot more efficient than learning firsthand. So next, July, 2020. So I'd been networking and job searching April, May, June, and let's get to the end of the summer-ish. And who you know is a lie. Raise your hand if you've ever been told or said, it's all about who you know. And if you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. I'm calling you out. Who you know is a lie because that is not true. It is all about who knows you. So in this context of networking, networking works because there's people above you, lateral to you, that are willing to associate their name with your name in a professional context. So I can say that I know all of these people in my Excel sheet that I've had multiple phone calls with, but at the end of the day, networking, if they're not willing to say, 
oh, Matt, you should hire him. Or you might be interested in this guy. I'd recommend reaching out. Then I'm not saying that it was a complete waste, but that's that's like the point of networking is for people to bring you along with them or for people to recommend your name. And it was interesting. So I have this flow chart of the people that I got this lesson from of it's all about who knows you from someone from UCF and someone from the Atlanta Hawks. So UCF uh, Central Florida. So the, one of the first people I contacted, he was at USC. He gave me someone with the Kansas City Royals. He gave me someone with the uh, Mizzou Tigers. He gave me someone from UCF and the Giants. And then that person from the Giants gave me someone from the Hawks. It was interesting that as I would hop on the phone with someone further and further down the chain, they would ask about me. I would kind of give that chain of how we were connected. And, and they said, well, that, that's pretty crazy. Well, you must be a, a pretty decent guy if you made it this far down the tree. And I think that there's a lot to be said of being a human and showing who I know, or sorry, who knows me. So for example, the, the USC guy, he was willing to say, this guy, Matt, I know him. We've talked on the phone a few times. He's a nice guy. Can I give him your contact to the Royals guy? And then that just builds on itself and builds and builds versus, hey, guy at USC, I know you. And I know that you know the Royals guy. Can I get his info? Those are two completely different conversations. So I think it's important to wrap your head around this perspective of how do I show people who I am? How do I make these other people comfortable saying, I know Matt, or I know, insert your name as a listener. So adding another level of how who you know is a lie is that who knows you is how networking works, but that just gets your application seen. And in this example, let's say there's a new job opening and there's five people just associated with that job. They each recommend or know one or two people. That's 10 people. That's the whole applicant pool right there. Or let's just say that those five people each ask one or two of their colleagues that then each know one or two people. So more likely than not, the applicant pool is pretty much already made before the job is even posted. But your name coming across their screen as a cold application is a lot different than saying Matt cold application versus Matt, oh, that's John's guy or that's Jessica's guy. They know him, right? It's not that I know uh, Jessica or whatever the, the name I said before that. It's not that I know them, it's that they know me. So hopefully I illustrated that point. That who you know is a lot, it's all about who, who knows you and that gets your application seen. Knowing your why and what. So this is August, so beginning of the fall. And a lot of people start with why. You know, Simon Sinek, very important. Why is what gets you out of bed in the morning. But people often get lost on combining that with the what. Because at the end of the day, you have to do something. So I can have my why. I know what I want out of a job, why I get out of bed, what I find fulfilling. But if I don't know what I actually want to do, then there's all of these jobs that could check my boxes, you know, versus being very clear on combining that with the what, what you actually want to do. And that's when some really cool stuff happens. 
So it's August. Uh, the Royals guy that I had met, super nice guy, Dr. John Waggle. I could not speak any higher of him. I have a ton of respect for him. He's been super nice and fundamental to just supporting me and just my journey in general. But how I know him is from the USC guy from the previous uh, previous slide. And this is, he was on my podcast. He was episode 70. So this is a story that he told. So it's already out there. But he told the story about why he left DePaul after as being the director of performance for three years. He was killing it. He had awesome athletes, awesome coaches that he worked for, awesome colleagues, awesome people under him that he led as the director. But it just wasn't fulfilling to him anymore. And that's what led him to do his PhD at East Tennessee State. And now he's with the Royals. And he described jobs in this context of positive challenges, negative challenges, and fulfillments. So positive challenges are those things that you want out of the job. Those things that are challenging, that require more out of you as just a professional. Negative challenges are things that come with the job that you're not the most fond of, but like you just have to do and just deal with. And that's going to be the what, positive, negative challenges. And the why is the, is the fulfillments. So things that you find fulfilling about that job, because each job is fulfilling in its own way. So when you combine not only what you're doing, those positive and negative challenges that you experience on a daily basis, but also why you're doing that job and how that job returns to you through fulfillment, that's when really cool stuff happens. And that is when that is when you get a lot of clarity and direction for taking that next step in your career. Next, so we're a little bit farther in the fall. This is September 2020. After I, I had graduated with my master's, I had been coaching the whole summer and into the fall, just like holding out for this sports science college job. So I was coaching at TC Boo Sports Performance part-time where I had interned and coached on and off for the last four or five summers. So I'm coaching, I'm looking for jobs and I'm talking with my mentor, Steve, and, and he just posed this question to me of, if you want to be this like sports science, data-driven solutions, you know, performance guy, putting it all together, but you haven't done it in this in that space, well, you have, but how do you continue to show this value, right? How do you maximize your time here to help you get to where you want to go? And it's really interesting kind of how backwards life is when you think about how do I use this job to help me leave, right? How do I crush this job so much, do it so well that I won't be here or I'll be leaving sooner rather than later? as long as you know where you want to go after that job. So it was just an, an interesting conversation and point of how do you, so there's a job that I had done as a GA, but not full-time. So how do you show your value to that job? Because they're hiring you to do that job, which is not a, a lot of rocket science going on here. You show your theoretical value, right? So if I want to be a sports scientist, do the performance and the numbers, put it all together, well, I have to show that somehow. And that's what led me to making my own website, a place to host my quote unquote, today's experiments, as well as post my podcasts, my YouTube videos, et cetera, et cetera. So 
he posed to me is, is like, you have all these athletes that you train. We have all of this technology. You can do all of these science studies and you can quantify the training that you're doing and ask and answer all these questions and then tell the world about it. Being in the private sector, I can basically post whatever I want to post. So it was the question of how do I use TC Boost to help me get to that next step, right? How do I use TC Boost to help me not be at TC Boost anymore? Which sounds negative when you phrase it like that, but just an interesting way of like maximizing your impact where you are to help you get to that next step and taking a step back and saying, first, where do I, where do I want to go? And how can I extract the most value out of this current situation to help me get there? Next lesson. Jobs are filled before they are even a real thing. And it's funny. So Corey Kennedy, super nice guy. He was TSP, I want to say 78, somewhere in the 70s. And it's funny how we, how he and I know each other. And so today's experiment, right? These little studies that I did at TC Boost, put on social media to just show my value as a sports scientist. Actually, he tweeted it at me asking about one of the like little experiments that I did on a 1080 sprint. And he replied to my tweet and said, Hey, have you ever thought about, you know, X, Y, Z pretty cool stuff. And I was like, Oh, very interesting. I, I never thought about it like that. Maybe that'll be my next experiment, you know, like wink, wink. Uh, and then I go to his profile and it says, you know, SNC Chicago Cubs. And I thought, Oh, well, he's with the Cubs. He's tweeting at me. He's being like a nice guy. I'll just shoot him a DM. See if he wants to chat. So I sent him a DM, he responds, we hop on the phone. And as we're talking, as we're talking, um, there's not too much out on the internet about him, but I try to stalk him before, don't worry. But he was the, he is the director or head of minor league SNC and performance science. And he told me that, and I'm like, why are you talking? Like, why are you out here tweeting at me? You know, when you have this like awesome, crazy job. So it's funny how, if I hadn't had that conversation with Steve about maximizing my impact, right? Doing these experiments and showing how I apply data to performance that he wouldn't have tweeted at me. I wouldn't have met him. I wouldn't have learned this awesome lesson, small world, but his story about how he got to the Cubs. And like I said, this was, on, this is currently on my podcast. So he met Adam Beard at who's the director of performance. So like the guy or his boss, I guess at a conference like four years ago. And they had both spoken on similar topics. They chatted, they kind of vibed. They stayed up to, up to date with each other just throughout the years, just being a professional and being friends, et cetera, et cetera. Adam Beard was with the Cleveland Browns. Corey was with the Canadian Olympic team. And then Adam got a job with the Cubs and said, hey, Corey, you're coming with me, you know? And so that job, Corey got his in with the Cubs before Adam was even with the Cubs, four years before that. But because he had been a professional, because he had been a human, because he was able to show who he was to Adam. So for Adam to say, I know who Corey is, that's how he got the job, as well as just being a good person, a good practitioner. Another example, Steve and Nick. So Steve, my mentor, he met a guy named Nick Bratton down in Louisiana in the private, private space as well. At a conference, they kind of vibed, they stayed up to date. And Nick reached out to Steve and said, hey, I want to do this thing called the Business of Speed, Business of Speed podcast. If you haven't checked it out, you should. 
there's my there's my plug business of speed all about working running owning a small business being a high school strength coach as well as leadership stuff as well and like speed and development and kind of putting all of it together which hopefully the plan is for that to kind of parlay into a business travel clinics etc cetera, etc cetera. and last example on this about how jobs are are filled before they're even a thing so adam vogel and i Adam has been in the podcast. Oh my gosh. Uh, a recent ish podcast. Let's say like 80 something low eighties. I got his name from Steve or just his contact from Steve and Adam and I talked for like an hour and a half. The first time we talked again, the second time he came to TC boost. Uh, I shook his hand or he came to visit Steve, but also me, I shook his hand. We walked and talked around the facility. He watched me do my thing, et cetera, et cetera. So I had more than just a surface level conversation with Adam. You know, I'd seen him in person, many conversations on the phone. And then he texted me, which is funny, that it was like a week after I signed my full-time uh, agreement at TC Boost. Hey, Matt, because I told him about my journey and, and where I wanted to go, job searching, et cetera, et cetera. And he knew, he knew that I was a decent person. So he shoots me a text a week after and says, Hey, high school in Michigan, they want an SNC coach. You interested? Question mark. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Literally, I've been on this job search for like a year and a half. And now, a week after I signed this full time thing, now I, get a, now I get that text. And the job wasn't even a thing yet. That high school in Michigan knew that Adam was very legit in the high school SNC space and said, Hey, Adam, do you have anyone? You know? So then Adam, I was, I was one of the first people that he thought of. And then he just said, Hey, keep your eyes posted. This is the name of that, or keep your eyes peeled for the posting. This is the name of the high school in Michigan, et cetera, et cetera. So that job, if I were to apply, I'm not Matt, some random guy from Chicago. I'm Matt Adams guy. If you see me kind of putting all these dots together. Next. So that was October. This is November. So this was four months ago. People can't help you if they don't know where you want to go. And I think that there is so much value in first off, truly believing what you want to do, why you want to do it, but also having the courage to put it out there to the world, people in your network, et cetera, et cetera, people that you trust. And it's funny because I had actually been hiding this from my boss and not hiding it in a negative way. I was very open about my job search and everything. And when I moved back home in March because of COVID, I said, hey, I'm going to coach here this summer and I'm going to be heavily applying and looking for jobs. Whenever that comes up, I'm going to leave, but I'll coach in the meantime. I was very, very straightforward. We were all on the same page. And there was this job at Clemson that I came across that like I read it and it was like literally like made for me. You know, there's some jobs where it's like, ah, I applied, but like, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. But this one, I was like, I want this job. And I had been told from Steve, as well as another one of my references, Dr. J, which I'll tell a little story about later, that Clemson had contacted them about my application. So I knew that something was happening with this job. And I told Steve about it, obviously, because he was one of my references. But then he, he ended up telling Tommy, my boss, and Tommy approached me about it and just asked me about the job and stuff. And I told him that, yeah, I applied. I think I really like it, et cetera, et cetera. And what I had been hiding from Tommy, this job, 
he said, Hey, I know the guy at Clemson. Would you like me to reach out to him on your behalf for this job? Because I'd been working for Tommy, you know, for the last like five years, four or five years. So he knew who I was or just me as a person and a, and a professional. And here's, a, here's a, another quick lesson is that if people offer stuff to you like that, you have to believe and trust that they really do mean it. You know, at first I try to play it off the whole like, oh, you know, like that'd be nice, but like, you don't have to, you know, so my boss offered that. And I said, yes, if you, if you would feel comfortable contacting him, that would mean a lot to me. So anyways, my boss is now in the know that there was this job that was getting onto the, the next steps of the process. And this is just a screenshot of half of the text that he sent the guy said, hi, the guy's name. Hope you guys are doing great. You and I met a year ago about our 1080 sprint that they both have. I'm texting you to give my full endorsement of Matt for the position that he's applying for. And then the other half of the text is just saying that, you know, I'm legit, that I've, that I'm a good person that I've been working for him for a while. And I, I won't share the details, but it, it was one of those texts that I'll save for the rest of my life. It was just very like meaningful. And, and I ended up not getting it big, sad, but the, the lesson here is that I asked the guy why I didn't get it and just what I can do better, et cetera, et cetera. And he said that the, that the text from my boss turned into him calling my boss and talking on the phone for like an hour, just asking about me and how far that went for him relative to just my application and my candidacy. So I was hiding from my boss, but that was one of the most fundamental things for me getting to the top four applicants for the job, the second round of interviews. So you have to be, you have to be willing and comfortable to put it out there if you know where you want to go, because everyone knows everyone in this space, but people can't help you if they don't know where you want to go. So fast forward, didn't get the job. It's December, one month later. And I think that there's a lot to be said about a true opportunity to go all in. And this is full-time at TC Boost. And this was a question that Steve had presented to me and said, if over the last, you know, let's say like June to when things opened back up after COVID, let's say June to now, all of the time you had spent looking at jobs, contacting people, actually hopping on the phone with them. What if you had spent all of that time over the last seven months on your coaching at TC Boost, as well as making your content for your brand. You know, how impactful would that have been? And I was like, oh my gosh, like that is a, that's a lot of time, you know? And looking back, I wouldn't change any, anything. All the people that I met, the lessons that I've learned, the new perspectives that I have, but it was an interesting perspective because for the whole summer and fall, basically the end of 2020 after like March, was that I had been one foot in, one foot out, basically for that entire time. I was coaching a TC Boost part-time, but I was like one foot out because I was lo looking for these jobs. I didn't want to get like too invested and then just like leave just to be considerate of all my other coworkers, to like create this huge void to, to fill once I left. But the opportunity to like truly go all in, I think is so valuable because it's just different when you have in the back you you know, I had in the back of my mind, like one of these days is going to be my last day going to TC boost. One of these days is going to be my last staff meeting and I'm going to have to say goodbye, you know, and that wasn't intentionally holding me back, but 
I think that it's so valuable, not only maximizing your impact, you know, realizing how to use your current situation to help you get to the next, but also just straight up value and being somewhere for a good chunk of time and just going all in at that one place. And also kind of as I had been verbalizing my job search, what I wanted to do, talking through this stuff with Steve, my mentor, just explaining my current situation, where I want to go to all these people on the phone, I had realized there were some things that were consistent about the stories I was telling about myself and where I want to go. And there were some things that I said once to one person, but it probably wasn't the most true or like maybe just not. But I realized that some of my boxes had changed. So there were these boxes of, I wanted to do sports science, college. I wanted it to be technically demanding. I wanted to travel all over the US, et cetera, et cetera. But I wanted a job that was, that I had autonomy to do my own thing, make my own content. I wanted to like actually be having an impact in the training process. So a negative challenge about college, just performance in general is that I didn't really have that much of an impact in the training process because in America, this is a conversation for, for a different day. Basically, a sport coach kind of has the, the end-all, be-all say in like training and stuff, which is just different different story. But doing sports science, I, I didn't really have that much of an impact versus in the private sector, I did. I was doing basically all of it myself. So there were these things that had kind of changed over time. And that TC Boost act going full-time was actually checking a decent amount of my boxes. And it was an opportunity to go all in and I took it. And that leads me to now as the sports performance specialist slash sports science coordinator to now as the host of TSP, doing my content, doing my thing, et cetera, et cetera. So where to start? First, you need to know your what and you need to know your why. And hopefully... Throughout the course of this, it's made sense that when you get to combine those two things, you know not only where you want to go, why you want to go there, you know where to start looking, and you have clarity about what you have to do where you currently are to help you get to where you want to go. So I think that that is just so huge, putting those two things together. This is allowed to change your boxes of your what and your why, your positive, negative challenges, and it will. And being okay with that. And looking back so many times, I was like, oh my gosh, if I had spent all of this time looking for college sports science jobs on just a different kind of job, you know, but at that point in time, I truly did believe that that's what I wanted. And this is a question when I gave this presentation to the University of Michigan, someone asked, how did I stay motivated? Like throughout the whole thing, you know, 60 applications, I only got like seven no's and just, it was frustrating. My quarter life crisis, that's might or might not still be going on just like how did i do it and i gave him this like long answer about oh i've always taken action and all this stuff and and i was just reflecting on that question over time after a few days after the presentation and it hit me it's like i was able to keep going because i knew my why and i knew my what so there was there was so much clarity about where I was going to go to take action, why I was going to do it. So all I had to do was just literally go and do, just hit send, just call that person because everything else was so clear to me. So figuring out your what and your why, it's going to take a lot of mental, so your positive, negative challenges and, and fulfillments. It's going to take a lot of mental effort. And 
I kind of had a, a cheat code because I had networked with so many people that I had just verbalized my story. Now, although I was hearing everyone else's story for the first time, I was repeating my story. I don't, I can even tell you how many times, but so I kind of had a cheat code that I, I was able to reflect on what am I cons consistently saying? What am I saying that's changing over time about myself and where I want to go versus if you don't have that opportunity to just verbalize it to many, many different people, you're going to have to think, and it's going to take mental time and effort. And it's not the easiest thing to do to ask yourself these questions and come to these answers, but knowing that it can and will change, it's allowed to, and that it is going to take a lot of mental time and effort and just to figure out these answers. And you're looking for what positive challenges you want, what negative challenges you want, and what fulfillments you want out of a job. So positive and negative challenges is the what and the fulfillment is the why. And if you can like address those three bullet points, like you would have, you would have that next step in your career already set. You just have to go and do next where to start people already in your network. So this can be coworkers and bosses past and present, reaching out to them, building some rapport, you know, don't make it all salesy and all about you. But whenever they ask about how you're doing, you say, oh, you know, like, I think I want to change jobs or I think I want to go here, X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera. Verbalize what you want to do. If you're uh, in college or recently graduated, professors, favorite ones, advisors, older colleagues. So maybe when you were a freshman, sophomore, if you got in with any junior, seniors, and now that they're adults and professionals. And here's an example of people already in your network. So Dr. J. Uh, bless her soul. She's so nice. She took over me as my thesis advisor when my old one had left one semester into my master's. So she was my advisor for my last three semesters. And she was the, she is the director of the athletic training program at TCU. And we had worked for three or at the time, a semester and a summer. And it was the beginning of the second year of my master's when I knew that I wanted to like do this job search thing. And we had built rapport. We'd worked together. I just, we clicked. She knew how I worked as a student and, and a professional. And I felt comfortable asking her this. And I said, Dr. J, I'm looking for jobs, sports science, college E, you know, hopefully Texas, maybe somewhere else. Is there anyone that you feel comfortable me reaching out to on your behalf? And she said, yeah, I got a guy, this person I met, you know, on and off throughout athletic training conferences. He's the director of sports science at a hospital about 45 minutes away. So I reach out to him. I go drive 45 minutes each way. We talk for, you know, three hours, super nice guy. He becomes one of the advisors on my committee for my thesis, one of my three advisors. And then we just have to, we just stay in touch throughout the months, COVID, everything like that. And then he shoots me a text this, this fall. Hey, uh, I forgot what team, something Portland Timberwolves, Seawolves. Anyways, hey, SNC coach for a, a G League team in the NBA, you interested? So there's all of these things that like led. So I didn't get that job. Obviously, that's why I'm here now. But it's another example of like, there was someone who knew me as a person and a professional. I verbalized where I wanted to go because I felt comfortable with her. She, because she knew me, she felt comfortable putting my name out there to this guy whose name is Adam, not Adam Vogel, a different Adam. I know a lot of Adams. So this other guy named Adam, I drove an hour and a half round trip on multiple occasions to go 
just meet him in person because that's more impactful. Talk, show that I was a human. He joined my committee. So he saw me work firsthand on my thesis, me as a professional. And then we just stay up to date during COVID. I'm asking him about his situation and stuff like that, just on the phone as I'm back in Chicago, that he feels comfortable when someone asked him about this G League SNC coach that he thought of me. So just a crazy story, how impactful people already in your network can be. The quickest way not to get the job you want. And before I say what it is, I was on a podcast talking about job searching during COVID and they asked me, what advice would you give for people looking for jobs? And then they also asked, what advice would you give for people not looking for jobs? And truth be told, I like explaining my thought processes. I believe you as a listener, my listener deserve transparency. I titled this, how to take control of the next step of your career versus how to navigate job searching through an applied God of stories, because that's what I titled it for Michigan, because whether you are or are not looking for jobs or that next step, the quickest way to not get it is by not taking action. And this is, you know, there's so many stories of Corey Kennedy, of him getting in with the Cubs, of just me meeting people and things kind of coming to be. Adam or uh, Corey would not have gotten that job if he didn't go speak at that conference, if he wasn't open to talking to people after the conference, if he wasn't staying up to date, you know, there's no way there's just so many examples, but the advice I gave to those people that are currently satisfied with their current job, I said, the quickest way for you not to get that next step, even though you have no idea what it might be, when it might come, or even if you want it right now is by not doing anything. So I can't guarantee that going to conferences, that making content, that being a good person will lead to a specific job. You get exactly what you want. But for those things to not happen, you have to not do anything. Hopefully that made sense. So hit pause after I read this question. What are one to three action steps you can do tomorrow and this week to level up your job search or just taking control of the next step of your journey? So hit pause and see if you can brainstorm after, you know, after listening to this presentation, one to three things that you can do tomorrow and pause. So hopefully you have some time to sit and reflect and I'm not going to give you those action steps because this is going to be the most valuable when you realize it yourself. But one action step, send me a DM. Hey, so send me a DM. Let me know what you thought of. Let me know if you need any kind of clarity on, on if it makes the most sense or kind of how to do it. I'm working through inter with interns at TC Boost, just this exact topic. And it's super exciting for me just to help because I think it's so important to wrap your head around this. So send me a DM, things you come up with, things that you think you can do as action steps to start taking control of the next step of your career. So the only thing that's stopping you from the life you want to live, the career you want, the positive challenges and fulfillments, telling the story that you want to tell is action, right? You are not in charge of the 99% of people giving you their time, of the people just feeling comfortable, recommending your name, saying that they know you, of who could know who that you don't even know about yet, but you are in charge of that 1%. And that's where action is. You are in charge of taking action. And that's how you get the next step for your career. Big thank you, as always, to Steve, everyone who's given me their time, guidance, and support along the way. Just, you know, 
just huge thank you to that 99%. And if you want to DM me, just talk through this stuff. I'd love to. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Big Toe, Coach B-I-G-T-O-E.